your voice and thank God. Just lift your voice and thank God. Hallelujah. I appreciate thank you. you, Lord. Father, you are good. That you said not and your mercies endure forever. Blessed your voice and thank him. Bless him. Blessed Father, you are good. And your mercies endure forever. Father, you are good. And your mercies endure forever. Just appreciate him. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him praise. I give all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to appreciate everyone that is here this morning. I want to thank you again and welcome you to the month of July. Month of July is our month. July is our month of freedom. All through this month, we'll be speaking on topic that has to do with freedom. Amen. Amen. Today, we're going to start with what is freedom. You know, everybody talks about freedom. What is freedom? It is very important for you to know what freedom is all about. What is freedom? What is the word freedom? Freedom is, when we talk about freedom, we are talking about to be free. Freedom is the state of not being in prison or enslaved. Freedom is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Again, freedom is, when we talk about freedom, freedom is the quality or state of being free. Freedom is the quality or state of being free. Again, freedom is liberation from slavery or restraint from the power of another, where nobody is holding you bound. Another definition of freedom, freedom is to be at liberty. The Bible is speaking in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, that the spirit of liberty, talking about the Holy Spirit, wherever the spirit of God, there is liberty. So we cannot talk about freedom without talking about the first important aspect of freedom. For you to find freedom, the first step for you to finding freedom is knowing God. The first step to finding freedom is knowing God. You have to come to the place where you say, I know God. Remember, in the secret place chapel, we have four pathways to living the abundant life. Four pathways to living the abundant life. The first pathway is know God. The second pathway is find freedom. And the third pathway is discover purpose. The fourth pathway is make a difference. All these pathways, you have to do one, you can't do one without the other. You, and they go step by step. Know God is the first step if you want to enjoy life in abundance. The next step after you know God, you have to find freedom. I want to let us to understand that the first step for finding freedom 
is to know God. What do we mean by know God? What does it mean when we say, or if I ask you, do you know God? There are three characteristics. One, to know God is to have eternal life. To know God is to have eternal life. Eternal life is to know God. The Bible says in John chapter 17, verse 30, this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God. So you cannot know eternal life without knowing God. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So to know God is to know eternal life. The second characteristic of knowing God is to know God is to be saved from sin. To know God is to be saved from sin. We remember the story in Acts of the Apostles chapter 16 when Peter and Silas, when Paul and Silas were in prison. The Bible said that after they were delivered, the jailer asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? So to know God is to be, to, to not know God without being saved. And that is saved from sin. Another aspect of knowing God, to know God is to confess and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have to do these things for you to know God. If somebody asks you, do you know God? And you say yes, because I go to church. No. It is these things that we just talked about. You have to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you have not done that any time, you don't know God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if thou will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you cannot find freedom without knowing God. It is not possible. We all know that there are so many people, they think immediately you are saved. That is it. No. Immediately you are saved from sin. Immediately you know God. To be saved is to know God. But to find freedom is now the next step for you to take. In Hosea, in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So the reason why God's people perish is not because they, it is not because of the devil. It is not because they, of, 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 of somebody that is attacking them. The reason why people perish is because they, are, they don't know, they, don't, they lack knowledge. So this morning, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 15, my people are led into captivity. My people are led into captivity because of lack of knowledge. So to know God is not to know freedom. When you get, when you are born again, when you are God, but that is not knowing freedom. The first step to finding freedom. 
Then when you know God, you have to move from there. You have to move to the step. And the next step is what we want to talk about today. Find how you know God. There are so many people in the Bible when you ask them how are they doing spiritually? They think, oh, when immediately I know God, I'll just begin to preach. I'll just begin to know. To know God is the first step. It is so important. Then the next step is to find freedom. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that person is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. To know God is an event. To know God is an event. To find freedom is a process. So when you are saved, when you are saved, your spirit was saved. Your soul was not saved. Your body was not saved. So what was saved is your spirit. If any man be in Christ, that person is a new creature. You are in a new species. You are not refurbished. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Where things became new was in your spirit. That is where things became new. So the next step after you are saved is now to begin to work on your soul and on your body. That is what we call finding freedom. When you are saved, you can't just move to uh, discovering purpose. You can't just move to making a difference. A lot of people do that. It's just like you are skipping a class. You know, when you skip a class, that class you skipped will haunt you. So there are steps for you to come to maturity. So when we talk about all things are passed away, all things have become new, as the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we are talking about your spirit man. Your spirit man. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, now you move on to sanctification. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, that our whole body, our whole spirit, our whole soul, our whole body is to what? Holy, we should be sanctified. In, in, in 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 13, your spirit, your soul, and your body is to be sanctified. So, you are saved, you are justified. So, sanctification now has to involve your spirit, your soul, and your body. I want to make this foundation very well. That is why I want you to follow me very well. When you give your life to Jesus, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were sanctified. You were justified. Now, it is expected of you to move on to sanctification. And moving on to sanctification is the process of finding freedom. You are justified by faith. Now, 
you have to move on to sanctification. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The very God of peace, God the Spirit, is the one that does the sanctification with your involvement. So the sanctification happens in your spirit, in your soul, in your body. But they just there that those of us that have received the gift of righteousness. So when you receive the gift of righteousness, that happens at salvation. The gift of righteousness happens when you know God. It happens at salvation. Then you have to move from the gift of righteousness to doing righteousness. You have to move from the gift of righteousness where you begin to do righteousness. And that happens in the process of finding freedom. First John chapter 2, verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteous is one of you. So you have the gift of righteousness at salvation. Now, it is now your responsibility to do righteous. Remember, like in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, we are saved not by works, but verse 10 says we are saved for work. So when you get born again, when you know God, you have the gift of righteousness. Now, you have to now begin to live a life of righteousness. Say First John chapter 3, verse 7. Little children, first John chapter seven, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness, righteous. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. It's so important for us to understand this thing. To know, to live for God, and your body will be saved. What is saved is your spirit. That is knowing God. Your soul is being saved and your body shall be saved. Amen. Amen. So when we talk about finding freedom, we talk about now you are saved. Walk on your soul and your body. Now you are saved. Walk on your soul and your body. It is your responsibility to now walk on your soul and on your body. That is what we are talking about, about finding freedom. Our soul is made up of three component parts. Our soul is made up of three component parts. One, your soul is made of your mind, the mind, where you think, or your intellect capability, your mind, and your emotion, where you feel things, and your will, the action part of you. So your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your intellect. Your intellect has to do with your will, your intellect has to do with your mind. Your emotion has to do with the way you feel. And your will has to do with ability to act. So all these things are the area we need to work on. 
That is the area we need to work on. When you are saved, you are just saved in your spirit. You are still the same person. I don't know if you have seen somebody that God saved and that person is still smoking. I've seen it. You see somebody that God saved and that person is still, you know, acting like what is going on with them. That person is saved. Their spirit is saved. But we need to work on them. That is, you see, finding freedom has to do with discipleship. Finding freedom has to do with discipleship. A lot of people are saved, but they were not disciples. So they have not found freedom. They, you see them still being challenged in one habit or the other. So I, I just want to make this foundation today. Um, today, my, my assignment is to let you know that when you are saved, you are not yet free. A lot of people in church, they think once you are saved, all you are done. So you have to now begin to work on your spirit. In James chapter 1, James chapter 1 verse 21 says that it is the word of God. It is the word of God that works on your soul. The engrafted word of God is what transforms your soul. It is what fixes your soul. So when you are saved, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, desire the sincere make of the word which is able to, to, to change you, which is able to grow you. So the word of God is what works on your soul. It is what saves your soul. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what changes your soul is the more you listen to the word of God, the more you attend spiritual activities, then your soul is being changed. Your soul is being changed. To know God is to be find freedom is to stay saved. To know God is to be saved. To find freedom is to stay saved. To stay safe, and you stay safe as you are being discipled. Your character is changing. So, in the, in the place of finding freedom, that is where you work on your In the place of finding freedom, that is where you work on your character. That is where you become like Christ, Christ likeness. So, these are the things that happens in the place of. In the place of freedom. Again, you gave your life to Jesus. You know God. You are saved. The next step is to find freedom. A lot of people, when you look at their life, you'll be like, is this guy a Christian? Yeah, he is. But they think that is it. My people perish for lack of knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So, that is why you, you look at, you see what is happening in the church. You'll be like, what is going on? Let me show you something in Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6, from verse 6 to 7. Exodus chapter 6, from verse 6 to 7. 
I want to read it from NIV. I want you to follow me very well. Exodus chapter 6, from verse 6 to 11. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring them, I will bring you out from the yoke of the Egypt of the Egyptians. I will free you from being a slave unto them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with a mighty art of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from the yoke of Egyptian. I'm just going to do six and seven. So in this place, we see the four pathway of the secret place chapel. I am the Lord who brought you out of the yoke of the Egyptian. That is salvation, knowing God. I am the Lord who will bring you out from under the yoke of Egypt. That is salvation, knowing God. I will free you from, from being enslaved to them. That is finding freedom. I will take you, I will, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with a mighty art of judgment. That is discovering purpose. And you will know that I am the Lord your God who, will, who has brought you out from the yoke of Egypt. That is making a difference. So God is telling us in this place that when he brings you out from the yoke of Egyptian, that is salvation. So we can see that because you are saved does not mean that you are free, according to this place. Because you are saved does not mean that you are free. When one is delivered, you see, Egypt, Egypt is like to live in sin. Pharaoh is like the devil. So when God delivered the people of Israelite from Egypt, he delivered them from sin, from the hand of Pharaoh. He delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh. That is like delivering you from the hand of, from the, from the devil. So Israel is a type of the church or the individual believer. So Israel, like the people of Israelite, is the type of the church and individual believer. Pharaoh and Egypt represent Satan and his kingdom. When you say that somebody is still in Egypt, you are saying that somebody is still in sin. So Pharaoh is like Satan. Egypt represents sin. And to be in bondage, to be in bondage in Egypt represents an individual in bondage of sin. So when you are delivered from, from Egypt, when you live in sin, you are still in Egypt. So when you are delivered from Egypt, you are being delivered from sin. So deliverance from Egypt is being delivered from sin, to be saved, to know God. But that does not end it. There is a story that happened. There's something that happened in Exodus chapter 15. You remember the people of Israelite 
they were delivered, how were they delivered? With the blood of a lamb. When they were in Egypt, God said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to kill a lamb. And with the blood of that lamb, when the angel of death comes and see that blood, they will be delivered. So that was how we are saved. We are saved by the blood of Jesus from Egypt, from sin. So the Bible says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there will be no remittance for sin. So you, are, you were delivered from Satan, which is Pharaoh, from Egypt, which is sin, by the blood of Jesus, the lamb that was slain. So the Egypt, Egypt is just a, a is, 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 we are using Israel uh, in Egypt as, a, as, as our case study in this place, where you are delivered from sin, but you are not yet free. God said, I will deliver you. I will set you free. So to be delivered from sin is salvation. Now you have to move forward for you to be saved. In fact, in all these four pathways to finding abundant life, the most important one is finding freedom. I have seen so many people they got saved. They discover their purpose. They make a difference. You know what? They did not find freedom. They jumped from knowing God to discovering purpose and to make a difference. If I call the names, some of you will know, a pastor in Atlanta has big church, big, about 25,000 members. He was saved. He knew God. But he did not find freedom. Finding freedom is a place where your character is worked on. Where your lifestyle is worked on. Where you are changed, you are transformed. He has been a gay when he was in Egypt. In bondage. So when he was saved, he did not come to the place of freedom. He did not find freedom. Because they find, the place of finding freedom is where your character is changed. Where somebody disciples you. It's a place of openness where you will tell somebody you trust. Your pastor or anybody, the person that converts you, this is my challenge. This is what I'm going through. We're going to be dealing with this in, by next week. So, the God saved, left the place of finding freedom. They went to discover their purpose. They started making a difference. This man I'm telling you about, in the city, in the state of Georgia, this man was doing so much for that state. Well known until a time came when the, the people he was doing he was in the, in the lifestyle with, have to expose him. After so many years, he lost his church, he lost his marriage, he died suddenly. Why? He did not find freedom. Another pastor in, 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 um, in Florida has big church. 
but he was still having a problem with cocaine. He would fly from Florida to New York to do the habit so that nobody would find him. One day, most of us would know the people I'm talking about. One day he was in the hotel in Manhattan where he so much drug himself. He so much drug himself and he died in the hotel by overdose. He overdosed himself. Powerful pastor. But he escaped this place of finding freedom. So many people, they think, oh, once I'm saved, I am saved. All is over. No, 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 no. There are process. There are process. You see, when Miriam, Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron, when they came out of Egypt, the Bible said in Exodus that Miriam was so excited. Miriam was dancing. He was playing. He was playing a tambourine. He was in Exodus chapter 15, verse 20. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took tambourine in her hand, and all the women went after her. What were they doing? They were praising God, giving testimony. When you are saved, you give testimony. You will dance. You will sing. That was what Miriam did. Save people do that. You give testimony, you dance in church, you clap, but that is not the end. Medium has not found freedom yet. Saved, giving testimony, being in church, leading in worship, but he has not found freedom. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 12, one day he was so angry with Moses. He said to Moses, why would you marry an Ethiopian woman? Which means Miriam was still struggling with the spirit of, 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 of he was still prideful. He was still suffering. With, with, he was still being um, challenged with the spirit of racism. Why would you marry an Ethiopian? So, and that is, a, that is a spirit of pride. So some people, when you, kept, when you come out of Egypt, when you are saved, there are some characters, there are some habits that need to be dealt with. That is so important. Because if those habits are not dealt with, you will carry those habits on. You are saved. But those habits will still be pulling you down. Will still be pulling you down. After the, after this sun, the next Sunday, we're going to be talking about the pursuit of freedom. But after the pursuit of freedom, we're going to talk about soul therapy. That is where we are going to look into ourselves. We are going to be going into the lab. We're going to be going into the lab where we check ourselves. If you are not saved, the first thing for you to find freedom is to be saved. Give your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to We told, we, we, we showed us how to do it. Confess your, your sin before God. Say, believe that Christ raised him from the dead. Then you will come to the place of discipleship. That is what we are lacking in our churches. We don't disciple people anymore. Somebody saved, you give them position in church. Somebody saved, we don't walk them through 
the process of salvation. We don't bring them into finding freedom. And that is why you look at people and be like, is this person a Christian? Is this person a Christian? You ask somebody, how long have you been saved? Oh, I've been saved since I was, since I was a child. About 20 years, 30 years. But guess what? They are still drinking milk. They are still drinking milk. Why? Because they have not found freedom. There is a story in Acts of the Apostle, chapter 8. I want us to look at. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 8, from verse 9. Please, I want you to follow us as I read this place. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 8, from verse 9. Thank you, Jesus. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city of Samaria. He was known as a very powerful man because he has been in that business for a long time. But guess what? One day, Philip came to Samaria to preach. Miracles. This man saw signs and wonders. The Bible says that he believed. Look at what happened from verse 14. It is so important when you are saved, make sure you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see, there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. It's so important. So many people, in fact, finding freedom is, is part of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So when the apostles had that Samaria have received the word. They sent Peter and John to come and pray for them so that they can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when Peter and John came to Samaria and prayed for them, the Bible said that they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. Guess what? When Simon saw that, the Bible said that Simon said to Peter and John, let me pay you so that I can receive this power. <laughs> I need this power also. How much do I need to pay? This is the guy that was saved. This is the guy that was baptized. What happened to him? His heart was not going to change. There are still some things that need to be worked on in his life. Saved, but have not found freedom. Saved, but have not found freedom. That is where so many people are in the church. They are saved. They sing in choir. They preach. They even are baptized with the Holy Spirit. But they are still struggling with some addictions. They are still challenged with some lifestyle. So, I want you to look into your life now. Is there any area of life 
you are being challenged. You are saved, yes. You have given your life to Jesus, yes. But are there some habits that you are still struggling with? That is the place where you need to find freedom. If any man is in Christ, that person is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new. But you don't stop there. You need to move, advance to the next level. That is finding freedom. Where you begin to look into your life. Where the word of God will begin to... You see, the Bible says that the word of God is a mirror. When you read the Bible, when you study the Bible, when you come to church, when the word is preached to you, when you read the Bible by yourself, you are looking into a mirror. And that mirror is telling you, you need to fix this. You need to fix that. You need to change this. So if you refuse to do that, you remain the same. But as you are working on yourself, you are changing. You are finding freedom. Things are happening in your spirit. So your soul now, remember, your spirit is a brand new spirit. You cannot improve your spirit. Where we are, we need to work on now. Remember, your soul, your spirit is saved. Your soul is being going through metamorphosis. Your soul is being changed by the word of God. Your, your mind is being renewed. The way you think is no more the same. So those habits, those habits will begin to leave you. We're going to be teaching us how do you get delivered? How do you get free? There are so many people in church saved that bad. So this man, Simon, was a typical example. He gave his life to Jesus. He was baptized, but his heart was not right. Miriam, the sister of Moses, gave her life to, was delivered from Egypt, was dancing and singing, but pride was still fighting her. He's still having pride in her. Racism, hatred is still her problem. So you see that with such things, you see that people are limited. You see that people are not limited. Once saved, it's not always saved. Once saved, it's not always saved. That is, that is, the, that is the deception of the enemy. And he's trying to make people feel that it is not so. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. What is freedom? What is freedom? You see, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. This, this place is powerful. It is for freedom that you were saved. That is what he is talking about. You were saved for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. So that you will no more be entangled by the yoke of slavery. So which means you can be free. You can be saved and still be having a yoke of slavery. So the reason why you are saved, this place is telling us, is for you to be free. 
saved for freedom. Saved for freedom. In Exodus chapter 15, when the devil, when the people of Israel left Egypt, the Bible said in Exodus chapter 15 verse 9, Exodus chapter 15 verse 9, when the people of Israel left Egypt, the devil said, I will pursue them. The enemy said, I will pursue them. They have been saved. Remember, they left Egypt. Egypt is a, is a place of sin, right? Pharaoh, the enemy, said, I will pursue them. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoil. My lust, my lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. So, which means, though I have been saved from Satan, he is not yet happy with me. He is still pursuing me. He is still fighting me. So, it is in this place of freedom that I am really delivered from his hand. Haven't you seen people? I've seen people. They were into this habit, some pornography, some, you know, masturbation. They are saved. Why they were, in fact, I have, I have so many testimonies of these people. Life. Why they were saved? They were still indulging in those things. Why they were saved? But you see, the church, when you see such people, instead of embracing them, and letting them know, no, no, yes, your spirit is saved, but let's walk on your mind. Let's walk on your, let's walk on your heart. Let's walk on your soul. Let's walk on your body. So, and how do we do that? By, by telling them, by showing them the word of God. By showing them the word of God. In fact, let me show us something. It's not in the slide. In Romans, in, in James, James chapter 5 verse 16. It's not in the slide. I, I don't want to bring it up here. I want you to open James chapter 5 verse 16. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Thank you, Jesus. Confess your fault one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confess, confess your fault one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. He didn't say confess your fault to God. You confess your sin or your fault to God to be saved. But you confess your fault to one another to be delivered, to be healed, to be free. Okay. So you are saved when you confess your fault to God. But you are delivered, you are healed, you are set free when you confess your fault to one another. What mm -hmm. do the Bible mean by confessing your fault to one another? You tell your brother, my brother, I am being challenged with smoking. I am still better. I'm being challenged with smoking. And the person should not judge you. If you see your brother, you see, God is not after you. God is not about everybody sin. Everybody. Everybody. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in the place of finding freedom, 
you say less. You say less. You are growing from grace to grace. You are growing from glory to glory. You are coming into maturity. Things that used to excite you don't excite you anymore. Freedom. You are in the process of freedom. You are, you are in the process of freedom. So that is what happens. Where you confess, you say, my brother, my sister, I am being challenged. This is the area I want you to pray with me. Confess your fault one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Healed from habits. Healed from the things that so easily beset you. That's what the Bible says. You see, we're going to be talking so much about this from next week. I just want to build this foundation that now you are saved. That is not the end. You have just started. You are saved. You find freedom. The reason why it's so important to you for you to find freedom before you discover purpose. Last month, we talked about purpose, right? Assuming you know your purpose, right? You know what God has brought you here for. You know why God created you. You have, you have your purpose. You know your purpose. If you have not found freedom, you will not fulfill that purpose. You will not. For example, if you have problem, if there are some characters in your life that will, especially, let me just use pastor for example. If you're a pastor, God has called you to touch lives, to change lives, to be a role model. And you have some characters. You have some challenges. This is applies to everybody. It's not only pastors. Your, your, you see, your, your, the area of your struggle, the place where you have not found freedom, will hinder you from fulfilling what God brought you here for. Haven't you seen many people? They are great basketball players. They are so talented. They are so gifted. But guess what? Personal character. Look at my taxi. Matthijsen, so talented. Personal character stopped him. Now he is bankrupt. His house, his house in, 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 in was repossessed. Not only him, so many people. Haven't you seen pastors? You see them, God used them so mightily, so mightily that there are some characters there are some things in their life they have not worked with. This thing is not easy. Everybody, everybody has something they are struggling with. But you have to own up. You have to come to the place and say, no, no, this thing must change. I must be free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. In Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. It is so important. The Bible speaking there, in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says, For the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is a law that of, of sin and death that will stop you from fulfilling destiny. 
There is a law of sin of, 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 of sin of sin and death that will hinder you from making a difference. You need to deal with it in the place of finding freedom. That is why I said that this place, finding freedom, is the most important, as good as giving your life to Jesus is. If you just give your life to Jesus, come to church, and you don't go through this process of discipleship, you don't go through process of where, let's talk, let's talk, what are the area you need, you need God to change you? Where we can help you? Where we can counsel you? But you see, when you are accountable to somebody, when you, everybody, we need, we need somebody we, are, we should be accountable to. That is the place of finding freedom. Because when you are delivered from Egypt, the devil said, I will pursue. I will still make sure that my, my lust will be upon them. I will still make sure that they will not remain saved. I will make sure that they will not find freedom. So I will pursue them. So we have to come to the place where we say, Father, thank you for my salvation. Now I want to take a step to find the freedom. That is what we're going to be dealing with. Next week, Sunday, we're going to talk about how to pursue freedom. What do you need to do? What are the steps? Then the next other Sunday, we're going to come into the laboratory. We call it soul therapy. Soul therapy. We're going to be talking about addictions and how to be free from them. Your life, my life, our life will never be the same again. Amen. It's time, amen. It's time amen. for us to, to stop religion. It's time for us to stop religion because what you don't stop will stop you. That sin you will not stop will stop you. That habit you will not take care of will stop you, will hinder you. So we want to look at all these things and say, God, I need to. There's somebody, she is so full of anger. Any little thing. Get him offended. Get her offended. That is the spirit. That is what you need to be delivered from Egypt. There is somebody, she, he or she cannot make a statement or finish a statement without putting a lie into it. Say it. We're going to be seeing those. We're going to be looking at the scripture. We see people like that. Yeah, sure. What happened to them? They are still struggling. It is in the place of finding freedom. You will say to yourself, wow. It is indeed for freedom that Christ set me free. So I want you to close your eyes and appreciate God this morning. I want you to thank God for saving you. If you are not saved, listen to me. If you are not saved, that is the first step to find freedom. You are saved. You are saying, Jesus, take over my life. So you are you are opening the door of your life for Jesus to interrupt you. That is what salvation is all about. Where you say, Jesus, now look into my life. Feel free to interrupt me. So you do that by giving your life to Jesus. Then you take the next step. Take the next step. 
Amen. No chains are holding me. Yes. He's who I choose to be. Hallelujah. I'm free. Thank you. Christ, I'm free. Hallelujah. No chains are holding me. Yes. Glory to Jesus. Oh, 
Let the refining fire of the Holy Ghost burn off everything that defies in my life so as to experience the freedom that Jesus purchased for me. I thank you because I am free indeed. Receive all the glory. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to show me things and areas of struggle that I need freedom from. 